0: Hello, welcome to the Prosk Brief, Hot Topics on Labor and Employment Law. I'm Harris Mufson, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Samantha Regenbogen, and we are going to discuss significant reforms to Massachusetts law regarding non-competition agreements. So, Samantha, on August 10th, 2018, the Massachusetts governor signed into law a bill making significant reforms to Massachusetts law regarding non-competition agreements and adopting the Uniform Trade Secrets Act. Can you first just describe what the Uniform Trade Secrets Act is?
1: Sure. So the Uniform Trade Secrets Act, which is sometimes referred to as the UTSA, is essentially an act that was adopted by states across the country in an attempt to unify the approach to, to, to protecting trade secrets. And this is especially important where you have companies or entities operating across more than one state. Massachusetts is now joining, I believe, 48 other states, as well as Washington, D.C., in adopting the UTSA. And notably, that leaves New York behind as the only state to not have adopted in some form or in some portion the UTSA.
0: And in terms of the non competition law that was passed, can you explain how non competes will or will not be enforced in Massachusetts going forward?
1: So, just to start, I'll give you the background that this has been many, many years in the making and it has failed on all other occasions until this year. So this is a rather momentous moment for the Mass Legislature. This statute is going to apply to both Massachusetts residents and to Massachusetts employees. And I make that distinction only because an employer in another state, such as Rhode Island, might have employees who work in Rhode Island but who commute from Massachusetts. And in that scenario, this law would apply to them as well. THE statute IS INTENDING TO GOVERN NON-COMPETE AGREEMENTS ONLY, AND THE LANGUAGE OF THE statute EXPLICITLY EXEMPTS CERTAIN OTHER RELATED TYPES OF AGREEMENTS FROM ITS COVERAGE. SO, FOR INSTANCE, NON-DISCLOSURE AGREEMENTS, NON-SOLICITATION AGREEMENTS, AGREEMENTS APPLYING TO THE SALE OF a BUSINESS OR INVENTION ASSIGNMENT AGREEMENTS, NONE OF THOSE ARE GOING TO BE COVERED BY THIS. THIS IS STRICTLY APPLYING TO NON-COMPETE AGREEMENTS. I THINK THE MOST NOTABLE PROVISION HERE IS THAT THIS DOES NOT APPLY TO NON-COMPETE AGREEMENTS entered in connection with an employee's separation, so long as the employee has seven days to rescind acceptance. So that means that if the employee is entering a non-compete agreement as part of a separation from employment, perhaps in return for a severance payment, so long as the employee has been given seven days to rescind, the regulations and the minimum enforceability requirements laid out in this law will not apply.
0: Okay, so this law only applies to non-competition agreements essentially that were signed during the course or at the beginning of an individual's employment and not in connection with a separation agreement as long as there's that seven-day revocation period. That's right. So Sam, one of the interesting aspects of this law is that it actually prohibits employers from entering into non-competition agreements with certain categories of employees. Can you talk about those categories?
1: So the first big category of employees who may not be governed by a non-compete agreement at all are employees who are classified as non-exempt or overtime eligible. Similarly, employees who are under the age of 18 or undergrads or graduate students who work as interns or in other kind of short-term employment arrangements may not be governed by a non-compete. And finally, and I think most notably, employees who are terminated without cause or who are laid off cannot be governed by a non-compete. And so because the law does not define the term without cause, I think it's probably reasonable to expect that contracts are going to start incorporating a definition of for cause to try to kind of obviate any ambiguities or disputes under this particular provision of the law.
0: And so for individuals who may be subject to non-competes, those who do not fall within those exceptions, does the law establish any any sort of minimum requirements in order for non-competition agreements to be enforceable in Massachusetts?
1: Yes, and it establishes a number of requirements. So a non-compete agreement now must be in writing, and it must be signed by the employee and the employer. And this writing that contains the non-compete has to have some provision that states explicitly that the employee has had a right to consult with counsel prior to signing. There's some rules now about the timing in terms of when the non-compete agreement must be provided to the employee. So now, if the non-compete is being entered into during the course of hiring an employee, the employee must receive a copy of the non-compete at least 10 days prior to the date of hire. If the agreement is entered into after the date of hire, the employee needs to receive the agreement at least 10 days prior to the effective date. There's some rules governing kind of the, the scope and extent of coverage of the non-compete. For instance, a non-compete now cannot exceed 12 months in duration unless and only unless the employee has breached the fiduciary duty or has unlawfully taken physical or electronic property. And in those two situations, a non-compete can be extended to a maximum of 24 months or two years. I think probably one of the most material requirements that's gonna really impact the way that employers are considering the cost benefit analysis of a non-compete arrangement is the requirement that the agreement include a garden leave provision. And that would require the employer to either pay the employee at least 50% of the employee's highest annualized base salary over the past two years, or other mutually agreed upon consideration. Other mutually agreed upon consideration is not defined at all. It's not explained whether that should be more than what the 50% of the salary would otherwise be. And so it's leaving open to interpretation how employers are going to try to satisfy this garden leave requirement. Finally, if the non-compete is signed after the commencement of employment, no longer can continued employment alone constitute sufficient consideration. Rather, the employer must provide additional consideration that is fair and reasonable in order um, for the non-compete to be enforceable. So in addition to these, you know, these additional enforceability requirements, the law also codifies some principles that were already being interpreted by courts in Massachusetts. gives us a little bit more detail so there's a bit more predictability about what will or will not be enforceable. The first example here is reasonableness and scope. It's always been the case that a non-compete must be reasonable in terms of its geographic reach. But now we know that it is presumptively reasonable to limit an employee from competing within the geographic area where the employee had provided services or had a material presence or influence during the last two years of employment. So that should help employers have a better idea of what geographic reach is or is not reasonable under the law.
0: So two final questions. One is, when does this law go into effect? And two, how does it affect at all existing non-competition agreements between employers and employees in Massachusetts?
1: Sure. So it goes into effect on October 1st, 2018. So in less than two and a half months. And it does not apply retroactively. So to the extent there's existing non-competes, they will not be governed by this new law.
0: All right. Thank you for joining us on the Proskauer Brief today. Stay tuned for more insights on the latest hot topics in labor and employment law. And be sure to follow us on iTunes.